All right. Well, welcome back, everybody. I know it's been a little a little minute. It's been crazy, you know, back on the bag. Um, <laughs> prelude to an episode called Back on the Bag. But hey, I am back on the bag. It's been 90 days now. Um, so trying to keep the podcast afloat is, is rough. Um, I have Staff Sergeant Dutton back with us again. Um, and, and I'll be real. There's a lot of reasons why. One of the many reasons why is because I had a whole bunch of people reach out to me and they were like, yo, thank you so much for that most recent episode with Staff Sergeant Dutton. I took a lot out of it. Um, I, I, the two of you guys, like your charisma and everything together was really good and it helped me um, with my week. So I was like, oh, shit, like, let's go. Um, so I wanted to have him back so much so that we decided that, you know what? We're going to start a series together. Um, this one will just kind of be a prelude to it, but we're going to start a series called On the Bag um, and just talking about it from the standpoint of a recruiter, the standpoint of an ARI, um, 8412, and just talking about all things mental health, training, and just really giving to the recruiter or anybody in the recruiting command just kind of some a place to listen to, you know, when you're on those drives, um, just a place to, to listen to different things. And, um, you know, if you guys have any questions or anything that you want us to talk about, please let us know um, anything that you feel would be help. But uh, what do you got? Stats are Dutton. Yeah, no, I appreciate it, Benny. Uh, it's good to be back. Right. Like uh, definitely some positive feedback from that last episode that we did together. And honestly, I think it's surprising because, you know, uh, based off the topics, it's it's crazy how many people kind of deal with the same things out here. You know, it's very universal. And so um, I'm, I'm happy to be here, man. I'll tell you what, I'm happy to be here. Yeah, man. So something that I wanted to talk about with you is just really like, you know, we were just talking about before we hopped on. And it's just like it, it's so easy, the mental health aspect of duty, because it's so easy to get caught up in the everyday grind. It's so easy to. You know, walk into the office immediately, put on that uniform immediately, start making phone calls immediately. You're right back in the swing of things and you're immediately thinking about, OK, hey, who do I got going on deck or who don't I have going on deck? When am I going to find <laughs> that next one? And and the crazy thing about it is that, like, you know, we all just witnessed it, you know, the 31st hit. And then the next day was a Tuesday. So it literally like there wasn't there wasn't a weekend gap. There was nothing. It was just like, boom, the next day is the first. And and that's the hard, the, the hard part about the duty is okay. that there's never a day where you're not constantly thinking about who's going on deck, who's coming in for paperwork, who's going this. And it's like, I'll be honest, like I missed it for the two and a half years that I was off the bag. I missed that. I miss that ever changing constant that like that, that always like, Hey, what do you got for tomorrow? What do you got coming in? Who's coming in? And, and I miss that because in the civilian world, it's not like that in the civilian world, five o'clock comes around. My freaking work phone is off. I'm not going to see you or talk to you till tomorrow at nine. Like there ain't no group chats. There ain't no nothing. Right. Like I'll see you on Monday, you know, but here, like we're so consumed in it um, that I think it's important to talk about, Okay, stepping away from the phone, you know, if you're with your family, being present and stuff like that. So, like, what, what, um, what advice do you have? You know, this far being on the bag as long as you've had, like, what advice do you have about that? You know, I'll tell you what, like, um, <clears throat> all great points. The truth is, you know what they say, man, mission first, right? Like, <laughs> unfortunately, when you're when you work in a, as a civilian in a civilian job, like, you don't like something, you just quit. 
in our job, it's just perform. You got really no choice. You get you perform or you get crushed, and that's a fact. And you know, I mean, you call a spade a spade. You know, and and we're cutthroat. Marines are cutthroat. I think that uh, we we've learned that uh, very quickly uh, just looking at the comments, right? And so, Marines are cutthroat. And what I mean by that is ultimately, if you if you're not making it happen, if you're not writing your contracts, if you're not writing your bones, people start looking at you weird. They, your value goes down, like you're worthless yeah. in many cases, right? And yeah. so I think that is a factor in itself that is um, very detrimental to the psyche. And I know, bro, I mean, I, I, bro, I gotta tell you, that's <laughs> I'm living that right now. Bro. I'm I'm living that right people, now. People people got like, short term memories out here, Benny. All right, but, bro, all I'm all I'm hearing right now from people, I'm not gonna say names, is uh, bro, you got a pack, you got a podcast about recruiting duty. How did you write a nut? Like, yo, you got, and, and I'm like, hey, I agree. I'm like, hey, I agree. Hey, but listen, you know? bro, here's the benefit, man. People got short term memory out here, but that's a good thing because that means that you could have been a hero yesterday and a zero today, but it also means you could be a zero a today yeah, and a yeah. hero tomorrow. Bro, and it's so, so true. It's so ne- true. Never judge your week by your day and never judge your month by your week. And so ultimately the first thing that we got to do is we got to learn how to become effective in this gig. And once you learn how to become effective, then you can take, take control of your life, um, becoming more efficient. Then you take control of your life. And there's just some things that just need to be done. And there's always going to be a level of stress. Um, you're always going to have a discharge pending. You're always going to have that kid who comes in talking about, he wants to be a primarica now instead of being a Marine, like, (laughs) you know, and so that those, some of those things will be there because those are real. (laughs) Yeah. Some of those things will be there, man. Like no matter what you do, but hopefully what we can do through this podcast, through the Instagram, through, you know, training, through dealing with, you know, Marines on a daily basis is we can get people to understand there's, there's processes in place that if you can go ahead and start executing on them the right way, See, I like to look at things like um, constants and variables, right? Okay. There's some things in this job that are constants. And these constants, these are like, you know, like you need to get your two packs, two appointments, three packs, three appointments, whatever it is. You need to get your two contracts a month. You need to get your two, three interviews a week. Like these constants that we deal with, you can guarantee there's going to be training R&Rs. You can guarantee that this kid's going to come in. He's going to pull benefit tags, like being effective in engaged statements, being effective on the phone, talking to parents. You know you're going to have to do that. So like these constants, we master those. And what that allows us to do is now when those variables are come, when that one pulley wants to quit because of Primerica or that one, you know, uh, mom who hangs up on you because of whatever, you know, that one kid who gets in trouble, that one discharge you're forced to take, that one kid that ghosts you, right? Like now when those variables happen mm-hmm. or that disinterest you haven't heard before, that objection you haven't heard before, yeah. when that happens, you can handle those variables and it's not so overwhelming, but when we're not mastering those constants, yeah, then it feels like we're overwhelmed. Amen. Yeah, and and the thing is too is that like you know one of the things that you said is a constant is training. That is, and, and let's be real here, um, there's there are places where training may not be a constant, and if it's not, and if the training piece is a variable, well then that's detrimental to your mental health. That's detrimental to your everyday life. And reality of it is, is that like, if, like you just said, if I don't know, if I'm not being trained for that variable, when that variable comes up and I don't know how to engage that disinterest, or I don't know how to explore and enable this piece, well, then that variable is going to beat me. Well, so that's what, why. Benny, I, I've come to learn that there are a lot of station commanders, a lot of 
just a lot of people, a lot of people who are responsible for training that, that just don't. I've been very fortunate in, 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 you know, being in this command that, like, we take training very seriously. Master Guns, um, Torres, uh, he, he's up in 6th District now, but that was a great mentor of mine. And that dude didn't mess around when it came to training. That dude was like, we're sharpening the axe. I don't care if we, if we miss mission. Right? Like, he was about it. Yeah. And so, like, he, but he knew that by doing that, we were never going to miss. And so, but I'm, I'm, I, I feel horrible to find that there are a lot of places that don't get that training. And I will let you know, early on in my career as a recruiter, when you know, my station commanders are always nice guys, they're, they're good people, but like there wasn't always like the level of training that I needed. And if we did yeah. get training, it wasn't really like, it was like, here's the, you know, annual campaign plan. Yep. We're going to train yep. on that thing instead yeah. of training on the thing that we're like losing on. Yeah. And so what, what I had to do, Benny, yeah, I'm sorry, not to interrupt no, you, no, but no, what no, I had yeah. to do was I had to take it into my own hands, man. And so yeah. like any recruiters that are out here right now, yeah, Look, we can we can complain, we can gripe, we can moan, we can complain to the RI, we can say, hey, mommy, daddy, this guy's not training me. But you know what? At some point, we got to say, you know what? I got to figure this thing out. And I'm going to yeah. tell you, the best way to do that is to read a sales book about anything that is not Marine Corps sales, right? Like learn how to sell something, watch sales videos, buy a course, invest money and time outside of the recruiting sphere and make yourself more efficient and effective. And then you can become that change and you can be that guy, that station commander who never again lets your recruiters go without training. No. That is really the ultimate solution, man. And I know yeah. that sounds no. freaking terrible. No, it, it's, it, it doesn't. Um, cause it's the truth. Uh, and, and it's just like, just from my perspective, right. One of the reasons why I started the podcast was because I, I got off the duty and I looked back at myself and I was like, okay, you just spent four years on recruiting duty. What could you do to help that next recruiter out? And I looked at myself and I looked at my first nine months and I looked at my first year and I looked at how many days upon days I went without in mid out briefs, how many days upon days that I went without, you know, someone taking me to do my first NROTC talk or someone taking me to do my first career talk. Right. And and I, I completely agree with you. Right. At the end of the day, as a recruiter, as a Marine, the onus is on us. Right. Extreme accountability at the end of the day. Right. At the same time, though, there's people whose job it is to do this thing called training yeah. and anywhere else in the Marine Corps. Training is paramount anywhere else in the Marine Corps. And when it comes to mental health, it's like there's only so many times that like you can because a lot of times there's people who just don't know how to get over this one hump. They don't. And they can read a book and they can watch a movie and they can literally do all these things. But all it takes is for somebody to go out area canvassing with them yeah, and say, hey, man, you know what? I just watched you do this and that maybe that's what's going on here. And that's the thing about it, man, is that when you're when you're in a knife fight, which and that let's to be honest here, the average recruiter in today's day and age, as soon as they get off, as soon as they leave BRC, they're immediately on the back. Yeah, they're man. immediately with a mission letter. Right. So now immediately they're in this knife fight and there's no some days there's no one to the left or right of them and they just got to figure it out. Yeah, and man. now, and now, if no one's coming, if I'm out there acing all day long, and no one's coming out for me, and no one's my 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 
my A gunner or my station commander or an 8412 or somebody from the command group isn't out there with me, well, then yeah. who's going to shadow me and tell me what I'm not doing right? So let's let's come up with a solution, man. Because yeah. so what I what yeah. I what I want to do. So any of the station commanders that are watching this, maybe they're brand new station commanders. Maybe they've been a station commander and they learned bad habits. Maybe they're. But what, what, one of the things that I did early on when I first took over to office, um, I, you know, I created a plan. I was like, okay, so like if I was a brand new recruiter, yeah. like what. What are the things that I would need? What, to, what are the things that I would need to know in order to be effective? And then, as a station commander, I thought from that perspective, what are the things that if this brand new marine started doing would be most beneficial? So, number one, okay, and, and yeah. this is for all my guys out there who are responsible for training, and you know, maybe you don't know, right? Maybe you just don't know what to train on, and so maybe, maybe you think you're training, but it's just yeah. not as effective as you might think. So, so number one. Start doing this. New guy comes in, or maybe you start doing, but guy's been there three, six, eight months, whatever. But you start over. First things first. If this brand new recruiter was capable of battling disinterest with a parent, and then getting on the contact with the kid and battling disinterest with him and setting an appointment, would my other recruiters be able to conduct the interviews and process the kids? Yes. Okay. Cool. So what I really need to do is I just need to train this guy on being able to get through parents get through the kid and set the appointment. Okay. Amen. Bam. That's number one. All right. And as soon as you get the guy doing that, that's all he does all day long. He makes 300 phone calls a freaking day. He's not going out AC and he's not conducting the interviews. He's not building packages. Yeah. He's not doing nothing. He's sitting there and he's setting appointments because that's what you just taught him how to do. And that's it. He does that for two or three days straight. All yeah. right. Boom. Now, number two, he, he, he's got kids coming in now. Maybe he's able to set two or three appointments and one or two of them show up every day. The second thing you want to teach him how to do is a very thorough interview process. Okay, so the kid walks in the office. This is how you address him. You shake his hand. You sit him down. Introduce him to everybody. Build rapport. Now you build rapport. You move into to some type of visual aid, whether it's a video, whether it's YouTube videos that you put together for him, whatever. You, you put him on that visual aid so he can see what it, being a Marine is all about. And then you you know clarify with him with that, that, that interview process. And now he's able to go through that. And he's, he might not be able to lock those commitments in, but you let him know every single kid that comes in here, every young man or woman that comes in here, when you're done talking to him, you will bring them to see me. And at yeah. that point, as a station commander or you know whatever, you can close the loop and help him out. That's number two. Yeah. Once that's locked in, the third thing you teach him, now he's got two interviews a week coming in, but he's got no commitments really. The kids aren't really interested. So now the third thing you want to do is teach him how to close. You teach him how to close hard. You teach them how to close. You teach them how to meet with parents today. You teach them how to go get PC today. You teach them that part of it. Boom. Now that's locked in. And now you have the first entire portion of this. He doesn't understand pool management. He doesn't know how to process kids. But what he does know how to do is set appointments, have good interviews, close on the kids, and put that level of work in. Amen. Those three things right there are locked in. And now what you'll have to do as a trainer is you're going to have to recycle and go back to the first topic, the second topic, the third topic, yeah. a little bit every couple of weeks to start refining it, make it sharper. And like, okay, like you're starting to see that he's rushing interviews. You, you explain to him and train mm -hmm. to him, you know? And so those three things, and the best way to do it is utilize, utilizing what we all know as pesos, right? Yeah, you use yeah. pesos for everything. You prepare them. Okay. Set up your, your computer here, big dog, open up this list. This yeah. is seniors. It's five o'clock, make it a hundred. Okay. Now, look, I'm going to explain to you how this is done. Yeah. You click this, you do this, but, you say this. 
You show them. Yeah. You do it yourself, man. If you're a trainer, and that's the, and that's the biggest thing, man. It, it, the, not to cut you off, but no, please. You know, if you're if you're listening right now and you're a recruiter, you you have to understand. And I promise you, like if you and this is where people get they get messed up. If you're straight out of par and you're a brand new recruiter, do not take what he's saying as micromanagement, because that's a huge part. Is that there's Marines who, when you start doing that and you sit sitting next to them and they're making the phone calls, they're immediately feeling like, oh, I'm being like, and then once, especially once you pull out a, um, a telephone observation form and you start writing notes down, immediately, like I had a Marine one time, I swear, he was like, I think I'm um, like two weeks into the job and I pulled out, um, you know, a telephone observation form on him and immediately, as soon as I started listening to the conversation and I started writing notes, he hung up the phone and I was like, I was like, yo, his name was Sergeant Murphy. Great friend of mine. I was like, what are you doing? And he was like, nah, he was like, nah, staff <laughs> he was like, no, he said, no, staff sergeant. I ain't about that life. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, what do you mean? And he was like, staff sergeant, I've been in the Marine Corps 10 years. Anytime anybody pull out a phone, I pull out a, uh, pull out a piece of paper and a pen and start writing notes down. It's because they, I'm about to get some negative paperwork. And you're trying to get me got because I'm not making good phone. I'm like, no, man. And now, mind you, here was my problem. I didn't explain to him the telephone. Officer. I didn't explain to him what I was doing, right? right. So I, there was my pro problem. But what I am saying to the person who is listening is that, like, what you're saying is what should happen with every single Marine that comes out of par. Is that yeah. you should literally sit down with them kneecap to kneecap and observe their phone calls you yeah, should man. observe okay hey i like hey i like what you did here hey you what are you or, or hey what are we taught to do mc4 hey how do you feel you did there what do you think yeah. you could do better you These know what i do things. man you know what i do man i make people literally repeat what i say verbatim just me and them we sit there and i give them the engaged statements i give them the intros like verbatim, I want you to repeat what I am saying in these words. Mm -hmm. And they usually, usually what will happen is they start taking notes and like writing down what I'm trying to say. And so, you know, and the reason why I do that is because, you know, I'll say, hey, start, you know, hey, this is uh, Staff Sergeant Bennett. And this is Staff Sergeant Bennett. I'm with the United States Marines. I'm with the United States Marines. Like, boom, boom, back and forth, back and forth. And we build it out. And then we repeat it over and over again. And then that way, when they get on the phone, it's a little bit more natural. What you'll see is a lot of brand new recruiters. You know what they like to do? They like to take their phone calls outside. Oh, they like yeah. to take their phone calls outside, hide around yeah. the corner. Because hey, big school, dog, that's, where I, that's where I feel most comfortable. Like, nah. you know, I'm sorry, brother, but that's not how this works, man. Yeah, I, I can't help here. you. I can't yeah. help you. Listen, I'm cool with you getting up and walking around the room. Yeah, man. Perfectly fine. I get it. Motion, emotion. I get it. But I you like leaving it. the room? No. But here's another thing too, and listen, I um, this is just a pet peeve of mine. I'm nobody. I'm just a wreckade. <laughs> um, listen, this is just a pet peeve of mine. Is when people, and I don't know how you feel about it, but when people use this engaged statement and they and they and you know when they're on the phone and they're introducing themselves and they're, hi, I'm Sergeant Bennett, and I work with the local high school program. Uh, and no, no, uh, stop right there. Here's the yeah, reason man. why you stop right there. Number one, that's a lie. You are that's yep. not who you are. You're not a career counselor. You're not any of these things. You are a Marine Corps recruiter. Yep. And here's the reason why. Because there's gonna be a time, as I watched it happen with Staff Sergeant Romaine, who's now out of the Marine Corps, 
Staff Sergeant Romaine told Old Bridge High School. The father answered the phone and he said, oh, I'm the military liaison for Old Bridge High School. The father said, oh, really? He said, really? I didn't know we had one of those. He said, okay, <laughs> hold. He said, sir, I'm going to call you right back. Click. Yep. Five minutes later, he called back and he said, hey, so weird thing. I just called out to the high school. They said they don't they don't have a military liaison and that you're not who you say you are. Please do never call my house again. Have a good day. Click. Happened to me. Happened to one of Bro. my guys too, man. Bro, it's not it is not the right way to conduct business. Yep. It is it's not okay because now when you when when you do say let's you say let's say let's you set the appointment and now mom and dad come in the office and they walk into the Marine Corps recruiting office and now they're like, wait a minute, I thought you were the military liaison for the high school. How come you're not at the school? Yep. And oh so and don't you have an office at the school? Bro, stop. That brings that brings us to a really important point here, right? Which is number one is honesty and clarity. And so, like, you got to be very straightforward and very deliberate with the people you're speaking to. And the reason why you have to be that way is because, just like you said, when the the goal of this thing is not to set appointments. The goal is to find qualified individuals, men and women, to join the United States Marine Corps and serve the country. That is the point. And so, you know, if you're just trying to get people to come into office and you think that but because you can deceive them by deceiving them and then you're going to be so effective in your sales process or they're going to be so swooned by your desk that yeah. they're going to be like, oh, this is what I want to do. Well, you're wrong. Right. And so it, we, we have to we have to be extremely clear. And so it brings us to this very critical point here I'd like to make to the audience, which is you don't want to waste time. I'm telling you something here. You don't want to waste time. You don't want to waste time with people who are genuinely disinterested. If they are not interested, you just request a follow-up. You get back with them. You tell them who you are, who you're with, what you want to do, why you want to help and make it valuable. And if they genuinely do not want to talk to you, then you say, listen, I'd love to follow up with you. Could I, could I maybe get a referral from you? Maybe somebody you know could be in benefit from this. And I'd love to just get back with you, man. Give you a letter of recommendation, something like that in the future. Oh, yeah, okay, sure. And then you move on and you follow up with them later. But the reason why we're, we're doing this is because we don't want to waste our time. It is the most valuable thing that we have. And so you, for example, set an appointment with a guy. You tell him, hey, this is Max. I'm the, I, I'm the career counselor for you know, Western High School. I work closely with them, and I'm here to talk to you about some information on scholarships and career opportunities, different jobs. Kid comes into an appointment. It's the Marine Corps office. You spend two and a half hours doing an interview with them. He tells you, no, I don't want to do it. It's not really for me. You just took all this time, the, the 45 minutes on the phone, the you know, 30, 40 minutes picking this kid up, the two hours and a half, and plus the station commander's time for the request to join. Like You took all this time and wasted it on somebody who is not interested. And even if you did force them into saying yes today, they're more than likely going to say no tomorrow. And so what you could have done is taken that four hours of time and have set probably three appointments in that time. With people who say, you know what, I, I kind of thought about the military. It's not really something I was taking seriously, but I'll come in to learn about yeah, that. Yeah. And then when they do say yes, they will actually go through the process. Do not waste your time. Yeah. Don't waste or, time. Or even like you just said, like this, this dude that you just said, oh, hey, I'm the military career counselor. <laughs> he gets to the office and now he's like... <laughs> uh, this is a Marine Corps office, dog. 
you're right. in the you're you're a sergeant. You're in the <laughs> Marines. Like that's not what you now. This dude's starting to realize, like, bro, you deceived me. Yeah. And what do you mean by that? And then, like, on top of that, like, you don't think that these parents, like, bro, when you say this whole elaborate thing, you think the parent heard anything? No. And it and it's like, and I, and I understand why people do it, right? Because some people are like, oh, as soon as I call, they 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 hang up. Like now, mind you, I will is the only one I will use, and it's hi. And first of all, I'm a staff sergeant, but I call myself sergeant. I, I bro, I've realized, bro, everybody, oh, gunny sergeant, but no. So I'm just like, hey, it's Sergeant Bennett with the Marines. But because of the the climate that I'm in, I will say, hey, this is Marine, this is Sergeant Bennett with the Marine Corps Reserve Program. Now, one, I'm a reservist, I've been a reservist for 15 years. And I'm a subject matter expert about the reserve program, so I will say that, especially when I am calling grads, because one, I'm in the I'm in the KG market, and two, I'm a reservist. So I'll say, hey, you know, this is Sergeant Bennett with the Marine Corps Reserve Program. I'm calling to talk to your son or daughter about how they can, you know, work while still in the Marine Corps Reserve Program and get some educational opportunities and as well as some experience. So I'm, I'm coupling the two together because realistically, a lot of times, as soon as people hear Marine Corps, they're off. So I'm like, okay, the Reserve Program, because that yeah. sometimes it'll go, oh, really? I didn't know. Or see, also the reason I why I do that as well is because a lot of people don't know the Marine Corps has a Reserve Program. So as soon as I say that, a lot of moms are like, oh, really? The reserves? I didn't know you had a reserve program. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know, it's a, it's a way of doing it, I, I, I suppose. It's not something I would do, right? And and so for me, um, I'm always very direct. I'm yeah. always very direct. And so, like, um, and I, I've I've come to learn because I would be lying to you if I, if I told you that as a young recruiter, I didn't try. The, hey, I'm career representative or whatever. Yeah, like yeah, I yeah. tried these things in the past, like I have, and they don't work that effectively for the reasons we discussed. And yeah, you know, I just like to be very clear. Like, and yeah. and, and so I have this word I made up. It's called hang hang upable. Right. Mm. <laughs> so you want to try to avoid being hang upable. And so how do you avoid being hang upable? Well, it's about your tonality, right? And so definitely, you got to keep in mind that when you're calling people, these people are busy. Like I'm always doing something. I don't even like when I, I don't even like when my mom calls me. I got stuff going on. You know what I mean? Let alone a stranger trying to sell me a, a something. So what do you have to do? You have to number one, you have to have your voice and your tone set in such a way that it makes it it makes what it, this conversation could be very important. And yeah. so you know, I like to talk to my Marines. I, I, I tell them friendly, but authoritative. That is how I explain, explain it to them. I, the same way I'm speaking to you right now yeah. is exactly the way that I tell exactly. my Marines to speak to the parents, right? Good afternoon, ma'am. Is this, is this John's mom? Yes, this is John's mom. Hey, how you doing? This is Staff Sergeant Dutton. I'm with the United States Marines. How are you today? Like, yeah. just like that. Very yeah. straightforward, very clean cut, yep. you know, very direct, loud. Because yes. I wanted to hear every freaking bro, word. People, yeah, bro, people say all the time to me, they're like, yo, why are you so loud when you make phone calls? I'm like, because, like you just said, when you're on the phone with somebody, and right now I'm yelling into the mic, but like when you when you're making <laughs> when you're making phone calls, if you if the person, like you just said, man, if somebody answers the phone and immediately, like, oh, listen, I'm sorry to say this, but an old 8412, very good friend of mine, he used to call it limp dicking. And he would say, if you're if you're limp dicking around, mm -hmm. then that's how you're going to be treated. 
He's like, if you answer the phone and someone says, hi, who is this? And you're like, hey, this is Staff Sergeant so-and-so with the Marines. Or you're like, oh, this is so. And you're trying to get your words out. They're going to hang up because, bro, I'm I'm busy. I'm at work. I'm somewhere. I'm doing something. Um, most of the time we're calling parents' cell phones. So they're either at work, they're at the grocery store, they're somewhere. And they're the last, they, they're like, who, like you said, you don't even want to take a phone call from your grandmother or your mother. So now they're like, yo, who's calling me right now? Because the reality of it is who calls anybody no more? Nobody. So now they're like, yo, who's this phone call coming from? So now if you don't get your words out in a direct manner, they're going to hang up. That comes and from then, practice. And then on top of that, it's also, okay, what are you calling me for and how can I help you? And you have to be the most direct, direct as possible. Hey, listen, I'm, ta- I'm calling right now to talk to Johnny about these opportunities. Oh, okay, I'm not interested. Okay, well, hey, listen, ma'am, I understand that you are not interested. But, you know, what about your son? Like, have you guys ever talked about it? Has he ever brought it up? And if not, man, what is he looking at doing after he graduates? I just want to talk to him about these opportunities. And you have to be able to, and again, comes with practice. But if you if you're not talking to your station commander or other recruiters in the office, like, hey, what do you do when you come across this? Then you're failing because that's the biggest thing is that if you're not doing this job as repetitions and you're not learning quickly, like because there has to as soon as a parent says this, then you have to be able to riddle riddle something back off to them, because if you don't, then they're going to hang up. But if you can keep the mom on the phone and because I realistically think about it. And this is something that I would always challenge my when I was a station commander. This is what I was always challenge my recruits to do. I say, hey, when mom gets on the phone, I want you to see how long you can keep mom on the phone. See how long you can keep her on the phone before she hangs up, because a lot of times it's mis- it's misunderstanding. And then once you get mom on your side, mom will be like, you know what? I'll give you Johnny's number. Yep. And and you get mom on your side. So you have to be able to be able to talk to a parent in a, in a way to where they want to stay on the phone with you value. Right. And so some of the best times I ever had as a recruiter was like during like these power hours, you know, it's like me, <clears throat> my boy, Williams behind me, my boy, Velez in front of me, Burgos, you know, Gunny Ingram in the corner. And we're just like, we're just nailing these TCs together. Boom. And I, I used to like, I had my headset set up and I'm walking around the office and, you know, like it's, it, we just in his vibe and I would hear, my boy Williams using some licks that I would use and he's using licks, yep. you know, and I'm using licks he used and like, we're just going back and forth and you know, that's, that's what you want. And you need to have that energy. And so yes. if you're afraid to get out, afraid to stand up, afraid to use your voice, afraid to get out, like, then, you know, it, it's never going to work. And you had said, well, I want to keep mom on the phone. Well, the only way you keep a parent on the phone is through value. And so it's like, let's, let's break down, like, not to get too crazy into doctrine, but like, Let's break down the, 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 the engaged statement. I'm going to tell you something about engaged statements here, ladies and gents. They are so freaking powerful. They are your tool. If, if you are a guy and you're out there in the woods and you needed a, a tool, you need a stick, you need a knife, you need to be able to hunt, that's what your engaged statement is. It's that tool. It's a lifeline for you. And so, you know, you need to, to perfect it and craft it and build it. And so you, you, you think about the way it's, you transition to business, right? So listen, ma'am, the reason why I'm giving you a call, right? You state the agenda and the value. My agenda, what I want to do, what I'd like to do is I'd actually like to talk to you about your son, and I want to break down for you over 350 different career opportunities as well as educational benefits. And what this is going to do, the agenda, 
is going to put your son in a position where he can graduate from school and get the job that he wanted to get right out of high school. And I'm going to take the burden off the family by providing you guys with 100% college educational costs completely covered. Do you think he would benefit from that? That is a, a closed question. It is a leading question that they're going to say yes to. They might have a rebuttal. They might say yes, but, but they're going to say yes. And it's because it's valuable. What's the value? The value is he, my son is going to be able to get a job that he wanted to do out of 350 different choices. That does sound pretty cool. And you're right. His college education is something that's been weighing on my freaking back. And, you know, it would be nice to be able to put that money back in my pocket. Maybe I might want to hear what this guy's got to say. Would he benefit from that? Yeah, I mean, he would benefit from it, but, you know, I, he's never really talked to me about it. I'll tell you what, man, most people never really do think about the military. They don't grow up wanting to be Marines, and that's okay. Yeah. What I do is I reach out to him, I explain to him how it works, I break it down piece by piece, and I just float the idea by him just to yeah. see if it's something that he wants to do. Yeah, yeah. Would I be able to get his number, shoot him a text, see if he's interested? And if he is, I'd love to set up a meeting with you and him, and we can break it down and see if it's something that fits. Well, and that's and and the thing too, like you said, man, is that this all comes with practice, right? And because realistically, let's be honest, man, like I, I can from experience, I can say, like I remember those first phone calls, and as soon as a mom would answer the phone, I'd hang up. Like I, I remember that, like oh shit, I don't remember what to say, like, and then my boss would be like, bro, what are you doing? And I'd be like, yeah, he got call back. Yeah, and yeah. and you know and that's the thing is like you know yesterday I, I was at zero training uh you know I failed to do my job as a recruiter in the world zero, and we were at um, zero training and one of the things that the mass sergeant said was uh, mass sergeant Velasquez he was like bro how many of y'all he'll be like I'll be going around the state he's the ARI he'll be like I'll go around the state and he's like I don't know how many times I see y'all motherfuckers on the phone with somebody and you hang up and you don't ask for referrals. He was like, you, everybody, all the time, don't tell me you don't do it. He's like, because when you don't do it, I kick your chair. And and I was like, you're not wrong. Like, there's so many times where, like, we won't ask, oh, uh, hey, man, I get you're not interested. But you know what? You know a family member or anybody that you think that would be able to utilize this opportunity. Do you may, And I said that to, to mom today. I Like, um, her son was autistic. And I was like, oh, hey, man, I was like, you know what, ma'am? I was like, you know, I just want to thank you for everything that you do for him, ma'am. I was like, you know, like, God bless you for everything that you're doing. because I, I can, I, I know how hard it is. You know, I have uh, family members that are autistic, ma'am. And I was like, so please just do me a favor and let your son know that I did call for him. Um, and I hope he, he has a great day. And and then I said to her on the phone, I was like, ma'am, if you do know anybody um, in the area or in the community, please let them know um, that the Marine Corps is looking for people. I was like, you know, I'm new to the area. I just started recruiting out here. Um, so if you do know anybody, please take my number. And I was like, man, what was your name? And she said her name was, I think it was like uh, Jennifer. So I was like, all right, cool, man. I was like, well, Jennifer, is it okay if if I shoot you a text with my name and number? And this way, if you do run into anybody that you think might be beneficial um, towards this opportunity, you could take it. She was like, yeah, of course, please do. And she's like, what was your name, sir? And I was like, oh, my name is Doug. And she was like, oh, thank you so much, Doug. I really appreciate that. You have a great day. And thank you so much for asking about my son. And like, and and now, mind you, like that little thing. Maybe it does nothing. Maybe it does absolutely nothing. But I don't know unless I actually extend it. And that's so, the biggest thing is that people are so quick to just do the phone calls to do the phone calls. Oh, I got an objective to make. It's like, bro, stop. Like, if you look at TCs as I have an objective to make, you're never going to be successful at them. Yeah, man, you got to look at the bottom line, and and so. 
you, here's the thing. People don't u- utilize referrals or ask for referrals because they've never done it and it hasn't worked for them yet. And so like once it works for you one time and somebody texts you, it's like, hey, I got this number from a friend of mine who who you at, you know, or they send you, here's my buddy, John, he might be interested and you call John and John becomes a contract. You'll never not do it. Right. And so it, that's what happened to me. Like I, I started getting referrals like that. I start, you know, same thing with my delayed entry program. Like when I started like just draining my kids, I'm like, you will get me referrals. And they started writing <laughs> contracts. I never stopped. Same with the EPPCs. When I went out and I took three hours out of my day, built all these little cardboard boxes and I put them in all the places and met all these new, new people in the community and people started texting me. Once it started working, I never stopped doing it. And so like, that's really what it comes down to. And so I want to let everyone who's listening understand something here. 10X, right? Grant Cardone wrote a book. It's called The 10X Rule. And if you have never read it, read it. It's a fantastic book. It's about real estate. It's about sales. But really what it's about, it's about a mindset. And I read this book early on in my recruiting career. And it was like, you just do 10 times more than you think. You Actually, I read this book before I became a recruiter. You, re- you do 10 times more than you think you got to do in order to be able to get what you want. So an example of this is like, for example, you go to the Mac, you go ahead and say, hey, let me get some business cards. He gives you 500 business cards. You put those things together, boom, boom, boom. Two days later, three days later, four days later, you go get another 500 business cards from old boy. He just prints them off for you, right? He don't want to, stop to you. Go talk to the truck sergeant major. Like, give me my business cards, right? You got your cards. You hand all of them out. Every person you meet, every person you see, shake your hand. Hey, brother, how you doing, man? Look, I don't know if you ever thought about military service, but here's a business card. I'd love to talk to you. And you just keep it moving. Maybe you're not there to AC. Maybe you don't have the time. You put them on the windshields. You put them in the bathrooms. You put them all over the freaking place. If you put out 100 business cards and you got, let's say, two leads out of that that contacted you because you put them in good places or gave them to the right people, well, out of those two people, maybe they don't contract, maybe they're not qualified, but maybe they are. Now, if you put out 100 business cards for two, if you put out 1,000 business cards, now you might be able to get 10, maybe 15, maybe 20 of these leads that come back to you. It doesn't cost you any money. You don't have to be like some of these guys that you can get that basic little cards and just give them away. And what will end up happening is when you do those types of things, people will start contacting you. They will reach out to you because people do want to be Marines. It is a fact. And, you know, one of the things he said in that book is there's no shortage of money, only a shortage of effort. And I translated that to us. There's no shortage of people. There's only a shortage of effort. They're out here. They are freaking out here. It's a fact. But you just got to, you got to, you got to, you have to maximize your time. You got to maximize your engage statements. You got to be effective. And when you do have somebody in the seat, you got to make it worth their time. Amen. So so that's something, you know, because we were, we started this off talking about, uh, mental health and then we kind of went on to talking about tcs but um so one of the things that you said was being effective and maximizing your time right so how how what what's what's some advice and some tips that you can give somebody like how do we control our day right how do we somebody told me um before the podcast i was on the phone with somebody very uh very inspirational and influential and he said to me two things he said bennett control what you can control and then he said you can't solve world hunger. And I was like, wow, you're right. So my mentality, got to control what I can control. So what are some things that you would say um, that a Marine on recruiting duty on the bag would be able to do to make his day more effective, more time? Like, because a lot yeah. we'll let's be honest, we allow a lot of time wasting practices into our day. Um, so what would you say or like the, how can we be as effective as possible um, so, and get that time back for our family, our mental health, the gym and stuff like that? 
So let's let's go ahead and start with this. Number one, you got to wake up early, right? You got to wake up early. I wake up at four o'clock every single day. I'm not bullshitting you. Like, you know, every single day, maybe maybe Saturdays and Sundays, I'll wake up at five. You know what I mean? Five thirty. But I wake up early as crap every day. And what I do is I, I make a freaking I got my freaking mug sitting right there. It's 32 ounces. I fill that bad boy up with coffee. Seven scoops of Juan Valdez coffee. I fill that thing up with every freaking day. And I go ham, dude. I sit here in this seat that you're sitting me in right now. And I drink that entire thing. I use that time to play on my phone. I mess around. I post a video. Do whatever. About 5.30 rolls around. I go upstairs. I put on my freaking shorts, my shoes, and my shirt. And I head off to the gym. I get my pump in for about 45 minutes to an hour. And then I come back about 6.15, 6.20. I kiss my kid on the forehead, kiss my wife goodbye, and I'm out the door, boom, ready to rock and roll. So what I just did there by waking up at 4 o'clock in the morning is I made sure that I had an hour and a half to, to just sit down and just do whatever I wanted to do for myself. The second thing I did was I made sure I went and got myself a workout because it clears your mind. It gets your body right. It gets your mind right. When you like the way you feel, you like the way you look, you're rocking and rolling. You can't be stopped. And so that's number one. Um, and then number two is understanding that this is a bottom line business. It takes an extreme amount of maturity to think about this job in that sense, because it, uh, I'll, I'll tell you like bottom line business, meaning it's about the contracts. It's about the NWAs, about the interviews, but it's really about the contracts. And so, you know, what you have to do is you have to say, okay, what do I have to do to get this contract? How many people do I have to contact to get this contract? then you do that. And so if you're an immature guy and you're, you're like, oh, well, you know, it'll come around or I'll wait for the OT and I'll get lucky. Well, then you're doing it wrong. What I mean is as a bottom line business, you will put in maximum effort until you get what you need. And what you need is you need one person every single day that has been screened relatively well. One person that has been relatively well screened to sit in your chair every single day. Uh, it don't matter how many points you need to set to get that one guy. If you're super effective on the phone and you're super effective with your screening and you're lucky, then you only need to make one appointment a day to get one kid to sit in your seat. But that's never the case. You need two or three appointments to guarantee that one person shows up. And I break things down in the law of halves. Okay. If you have, for example, you know, five recruiters in your office, everybody in that office sets two appointments a day. If they set two appointments a day, you can guarantee those. So two appointments a day, five recruiters, that's 10 appointments a day. That's 50 potential appointments per week that are scheduled. That doesn't mean you're going to show up. It's just scheduled. That's the power of two. You get two. And so now let's say that half of them don't show up. 25 people sit down in a chair, okay, that week for various recruiters. Half of them are too stupid to pass the enlistment screening test no matter how much value you give them for the test. Okay, fine. So that gives you 12 and a half, maybe 13 people, right? One guy came in, he's got no arms, so 12 and a half, right? 12 and a half people that take that test and pass it. It's potentially 12 interviews a week. If you take those 12 interviews a week, let's go ahead and say that half of those kids tell you, no, I don't want to be a Marine, or my mom said no, or I got to go to college instead. That still gives you six viable players that told you, I want to do this, I'm ready to rock and roll, that are going down range. Yeah. If you multiply six by four weeks, that gives you what? 20, the six, 12, 18, 24 individuals that are potential players. 
now you got alphas, you got bravos, and this is where the station commander steps into play. You write everything on your board, and you're like, okay, these are all of our potential players in the interview log. This guy said yes. Everyone on this board said yes, but he's an alpha, he's an alpha, he's a buck. He's an alpha, he's an alpha, he's a buck. And you pick and choose who you're going to use. You make sure you got your guys on their APRs, everything's looking good, and now you're ready to strategize. And so, you know, earlier you talked about um, in briefs and out briefs, in and outs. And so now that everyone's thinking about this bottom line business, everyone was thinking about, I need to have one person sitting in that seat every day. And everyone's realizing that two packs and two appointments a day is going to guarantee you that you have the players. When everyone's in that mindset, now what you have to do is you have to strategize. <clears throat> just like if you were on a football team, just like if you were in the, um, you know, in, on, I don't know, wherever, you would come up with a battle plan. And so what you do as an office, right? With, you know, you got your individual in briefs and you, know, you do your individuals, but like what you really need to do is at some point that morning, you need to sit down as a group. I bought this big whiteboard in my old office, big whiteboard, and we would write down all of our players on this board. And it was like, okay, we're rolling in. Maybe it was like the 28th. And I'm like, okay, we have two waves here, gents, maybe three, but we're starting with just these two waves. Phase line one, phase line two. These are our two waves. What we need to do is identify days before those phase lines, the, before that Thursday, that we're going to be sending these kids down. So usually it would be the SDP Monday, the first Monday of the month, or maybe like the Monday, Tuesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever. That's wave one. Then we have wave two. That's next week. So every player that we accumulated throughout having this mindset, every player we accumulated, we write their name on the board. They tell me they got the docs. The kids coming to PT. Everything's solid. Everything's good to go. All right, cool. Kids' names on the board. Now we know, okay, here's our list of players for wave one. What do they need? This kid needs a 369. This kid needs his, his package. This kid needs a projection. Okay, when are projections due to me? Projections due Monday. Staffs aren't. Okay, cool. By Monday, I need every single one of these projections. Boom. I got the projections. Who's doing a 369 run? You are? Okay, bam. Everyone make sure he gets a 369 before, you know, COB tomorrow. So now everyone gives him the 369s. He goes out and does that. Everybody knows when the projections are due. Everyone knows, oh, hey, Seth, I need help with PC. I need this. I mean, but we're all striving toward this goal. We have the finish line established. Yeah. Now that that finish line is established, we can work toward that. And everything leans up to that. Now we put those <clears> kids <throat> on for wave one. We're going to see how it lands. As long as yeah. our processing is effective, everything is smooth. Let's see where we land. Everything that we're, that we're gaining in terms of our appointments and interviews during that time, we now are starting to stack for wave two. Yeah, yeah. And we have that finish line established. Yeah. As an office. But and, as and, a team. and I love and that's what I'm saying. Like I love what you're saying here because like when we talk about mental health, when we talk about mental toughness and all those things on this duty, if we are not in unison as a team, and if we're not walking in the office and we're not doing in briefs and we're not doing out briefs and we're not all on board. With like, hey, bro, like, what do you got? What do you bring to the table? Like, hey, what's going on with this kid? Hey, how can I help you? Oh, crap. You you booked two appointments today and you and something happened with your family. Hey, how can I help you? Like, and that's the biggest thing is that like if we're not all on one wavelength and we're not all sitting down with each other and we're not all talking about, hey, what's gonna happen next? What do you need me to do? Da da da. da. And and let's be real here. If you're as a station commander and you're not involved in your Marines everyday lives. And you don't not saying micromanage, but if you're not involved and you're not looking at their numbers, like if Marines are just sending you daily numbers and you're not answering them, then there's no purpose to get the daily numbers. Like if you're not redirecting, if you're not, like these are all things that aid in the mental health process, because 
if I'm a Marine and I'm out there all day long and I'm trying, I'm trying to make phone calls, I'm trying to do this, and no one's like, hey, man, well, why haven't you tried this? Or, hey, man, what are you doing right now? Let me come out with you. Like, all of these things are going to aid to having a team that is surrounded by one another who knows, like, hey, so-and-so's got my back. And yeah. and now you're all in unison on going into those waves and you're riding those waves and you know, all right, cool. This wave is coming and this is what we've got going and we're going to go towards this wave together. So, and, so to finish my point, not to cut you off, yeah, yeah, yeah. but now that we have this strategy, two yeah. things are happening. Number one, we like being at work a little bit more because we're exactly. working together. Yeah. Right. And so that's helping our mental, uh, like, like that's helping us. Yep. Like my guys, not all of them, but a lot of my guys, they like being at work when they were there. You yeah. know what I mean? And it's like, yeah, of course we want to spend time with our families and we'd have all the shit we'd want to do. But like, you know, they liked being with the team as well. And Amen. so like, that's the first thing. And then the second thing is when you establish this shit, when you are focused on this, when you are developing it and it starts getting smooth and now we have, these are our constants that we're setting. These are our constants. And then we handle the variables as we go with me taking point. Like now when we start, you start to win. Yeah. And when you start to win, now you can find those gaps in time to to chill. And and I, I'm going to keep it straight with everybody here. Open up the volume one, read it from top to bottom. Let me let you in on a little industry secret here, friends. Okay, there's not enough time in the freaking day to do everything that's in that freaking book. It's impossible. You are going to have a long freaking day pretty much every day but it only needs to be five days maybe really four days a week and what that does for you is it helps you understand the environment that you're in and if you choose not to be an 8412 which most people don't it's a short period of time but now because you're winning your days are still going to be long but they don't have to be quite as long and you're not going to be working weekends yeah. but the most important thing is because you're winning when you go home at the end of the day who you are, your spirit is light. Yeah. Your life is light. You're not and stressed. You're not taking it out on your yeah. wife and kids. You know, you're so present. Like, you know, and, and and it's something like I think a lot of people like when they hear you say that. I think a lot of people like myself. It's like okay, well, what does it take to get to that? Right? What does it take to really get to? Like, because let's be honest here, and this is just my my take on it. You know, hate me if you want to. What happens? What what good prospecting comes of being at work on a Saturday? What pro what what prospecting what good of prospecting comes from Friday afternoon after five o'clock? Not much. So, like you're saying, realistically, if we can figure out how to work Monday through Thursday really well, you should be able to take Friday, half a prospecting day, half a training day. And then Saturday, if you got to come in for appointments or paperwork or whatever it is, then you have to. But realistically, like Marines shouldn't be working six days a week, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Like, and if, and if you are, then that just means that that office is not being effectively ran. Those recruiters right. are not working effectively daily. That you're not, as a station commander, you're not working effectively daily. And there's something in that office that is not being ran correctly because for you to be at work from Monday to Friday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. And then Saturday, 8 a.m. to 1800. 
there's something going on in that office or offices that you're not effectively working and something has to be done because if you're not effectively working in the office daily, then like you said, no one's coming to the work ready and excited to come in on Monday at zero nine or zero eight. No one is ecstatic to be there on these times. And then on top of that, their families you got people who've got three kids. You've got people who've got two kids who aren't there to see their kids in the morning. And they're not there to see their kids at night when they go to bed. So, again, if you're working from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m., 12, 13-hour days, then there's clearly a, a chink in the chain. And sharp iron sharpening iron isn't happening. And effectiveness isn't there. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, I, I completely agree with you. I, you have you said nothing that's incorrect. And, and it comes down to to effectiveness. And, and here's the thing, right? What I mean by that? Well, let's think about it. Like, there are going to be days where you need to work on the Saturday. Oh, no. Yeah. It's no, no, no. I'm but, not. I'm not negating well, that. But here's my point, though. Yeah. Right. Here's my point. What are we doing on the Saturday? Yeah. Here's what should be happening on a Saturday. Saturday, you should be conducting appointments that you set on Friday, not mm-hmm. making phone calls for Monday. Right. And so and then what, what what you what you should be doing. Right. <clears throat> Again, bottom line business. And it, like I talked about, it takes an, an immense amount of maturity. But as a recruiter on the bag, you need to have the ability to have phone calls being made on Sunday. And this sounds crazy. Hold on for a second. Mm-hmm. But hear me out. When you are a recruiter, if you can make a, a 50 phone calls or 40 or 30 phone calls that take you an hour and a half on a Sunday at your home office with your own coffee and your pajamas and you freaking set two appointments for Monday. Well, number one, the parents are home. They got time to talk. Usually the, the kids are home. They got time to talk. Usually you could probably get a better appointment out of them for Monday. And if you set an appointment on Sunday for Monday, it's going to be more effective. Exactly. And you can do that from the can comfort I, of your home. Can I cut you off though? Please. Here's the thing. This is where you have to be able to, as a recruiter, as well, I'm sorry, as a station commander, if you treat your Marines the right way, then they're going to want to work on a Saturday. I mean, on a Sunday, they'll go out of their way to say, you know what, man, I'll send freaking 50 phone calls downrange from home because I know that, you know what, the office needs it. I need it for my numbers. But I'll tell you one thing. If you are having your Marines in the office from Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 1800, then guess what they're not going to do on a Sunday? They are not going to take the one day that they have that's dedicated to their family because they haven't been there for six days and do that. But we're looking at it from two different perspectives, right? Like you're looking at it from like the recruiters doing it for the station commander. And I'm looking at it from like the recruiter doing it for themselves. Well, no, no, no. And I'm I'm, no, no, no. So I'm agreeing with you. I completely agree with you. Right. I agree. Like tomorrow. I'm going to, I already told my station commander, tomorrow I'm going to take my son to the movies, and then after the movie, I'm going to sit there and I'm going to make anywhere from 50 to 100 phone calls tomorrow. I'm going to call my my senior list and stuff like that, right? I'm choosing to do that, right? What I'm saying is this. There are recruiters out there who will get, one, whether it's butthurt, whether it's belligerent or whatever it is, that because of how long they are at work during the week, that yeah. they're just going to say, even though it's for the my best interest at heart, I'm not going to work on a Sunday because of all of the day, all of the hours I was at work. So if yeah. we if we just took that thought 
and said, hey, you know what? Hey, Marine, go go home. Go home and and take care of your family. <coughs> I got you. And if we if we did that, more Marines would work when they weren't told to work. More Marines would work harder because they saw that you took care of them. Like yeah. if if you as a station commander are like, hey, man, you know what, man, I, I noticed. And this goes back to the mental health thing. If there's a lot of things that go on outside of the office that we don't know about. And you can tell when a Marine walks in the office and their demeanor changes. Normally when he comes in on a Monday, he's hyped. But this Monday he came in, he was like really not acting right, but very different. As a station commander, if you know your Marines, you should be able to be like, hey, you know what, man? Take it. Go go home, man. Go home on me, on the arm, and go deal with your family, bro. I don't I don't know if anything happened, bro. But you kind of walked in here a little different. You know what, man? Go, 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 go have breakfast with your family. And and now, mind you, this isn't for any other reason but because of the mental health of the Marine. But guess what? That's going to do to that Marine. That Marine is simply going to be like, yo, I remember that time that Staff Sergeant so-and-so, he took care of me. You know what? I'm not going to let this office not make mission. I'm not going to fail my team. Because at the end of the day, you as a leader, as a mentor, as a Marine, were like, yo, I got you. And then immediately he was like, okay, it's not about me no more. It's not about my two. It's about the office. And when you start taking care of your Marine's mental health, and you start saying, hey, man, you know what? Go take your leave because here's another thing, too, that happens, right? Talking about mental health. When you go on leave as a recruiter, ARI, whoever you are, what are you doing on leave? You're thinking about the office. You're thinking about, bro, I'm going to come back. I'm going to be behind. I don't have anything. Okay, well, why not when that Marine goes out on leave, you still set appointments for him and you hold the interviews for him. So that this way, when he comes back, he didn't have five days gone. And now you that Marine can enjoy his time off. And then how, think about how amazing it would feel if you called your Marine while he was on leave and said, hey, man, just so you know, I sat down with two kids for you today. Um, one of them's coming back on the day you get back. I'm going to introduce you to him and the family. Now that Marine's like, yo, what? You did that for me? And now he's able to enjoy his family. He's able to take care of his family. His kids are able to focus on him instead of him being like, oh, bro, I'm a I'm going to have to. And then that's why people don't even want to take leave. That's why Marines don't want to take leave on the duty because they know that as soon as they get back off leave or the night before they get back off leave, they're going to get a phone call. Hey, what do you have for tomorrow? What do you mean? It it was Sunday. I was trying to enjoy my last day of leave. Oh, yeah, but you know you got to come back with an appointment for tomorrow. So I mean, you know, some people, you know, the station commanders are, are, they can be a little bit unrealistic. And I think that, you know, everyone's under a good amount of pressure. But I will say this, like, um, when you, when you start to like, I, I'm, I'm like the symptom is the mental health. Yeah. Right. Like that is the symptom. The problem is what we're not doing as individuals to get what it is that we need. I never worked for my station commander. It wasn't like I'm getting, this for you. I'm yeah. doing this for me. For me. Like yeah. I'm getting my shit. And so, like, when I talk about, like, going to Sunday, like, I like tomorrow, man, don't – your mindset, change it for me real quick, okay? You're not going to make a 50 or 100 phone calls. You're going to set an appointment or two. 
That's yeah. what, and it might take you four phone calls, brother. You yeah. pick the right list at the right time with the right engage statement. It might take you four phone calls. You're like, get the fuck out of here. That's happened to me many times where yeah, it took yeah, me yeah. three or four phone calls to get get two appointments. And yeah. so you got to do things for you to become effective and efficient for yourself. And then when you are the one that's rolling bones, two, three, four contracts a month, you don't have to freaking ask for shit. Okay. You work as a team. The boss comes up to you. Hey, like, uh, you got anything else? Uh, you know what? I'll tell you what. I got a couple of NWAs we could pick up. Uh, this guy's a little bit messed up here. This guy needs this, that, a third. But, yeah, I could throw another one your way. I got you. Don't worry about that, Gunny. Like, I can yeah. take care of it. You know, and, and now Gunny needs you. And you need Gunny, right? It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a team effort thing. So, yeah. like, you got to start with the, with the problem, with the, with the, with the issue. Yeah. And then we work with we work on the solutions, you know? Yeah. And so, but like, let me, let me say something though. And this will be like the last topic because it's already been an hour, <laughs> but like, here's, but, <laughs> but here's the thing, man. And, and I hear that a lot and I, I agree a hundred percent. Right. When you get to the ability, you know, you have all these things built up and you got these NWAs. Right. But let's be real here. That takes a while. That takes a while to become that guy, especially for most people. Most people don't become that guy. If you, unless you're a silver tongue, most people don't become that guy until nine months in, a yeah. year in, a year and a half in, right? So then you have this entire year where you're told by many people, right? Let's just be real. Hey, man, yeah, bro, you can't go home until you got two, two for tomorrow. Hey, man, you you can't. You know what? I, I can't let you do that until you have your two contracts. And then let's think about what that does to someone's mental health for nine months or to a year before they become that guy. And maybe they could have become that guy a lot sooner if they were told, hey, you know what, man? And again, this goes back to in-briefs and mid-briefs, right? If we hold the line and we tell a Marine, hey, man, I need you to do everything you can between now and 5 p.m. I need you to give me all you've got for the whole day. And now that Marine comes back to the office at five o'clock through his in in in, in, in mount, and say he has a hundred TCs, he's got two or three AC contacts, but he doesn't have an appointment for tomorrow. Sometimes the answer it, it could be okay to be like, hey, you know what, dog? I know you don't have two appointments for tomorrow, but I know that you freaking busted your ass today. 100%. Head home. 100%. Because here's the problem. Absolutely. Here's the problem. If we don't ever do that, then we are programming. And I was having this conversation with somebody. Um, and they told me literally this is what we're teaching away from. Is we are programming Marines out of par to walk into the office and see... Hey, even if I do all I can all day, I'm going to be here from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. And even when I write a contract, I'm going to be here. So if we do not hold uh, the line and say, hey, dude, you don't have until 9 p.m. tonight to meet your objectives. You need to meet your objectives by this time. And the reason why I'm doing that is so you can go home to your wife and your son and your family Absolutely. as soon as possible. And yes, why man. am I doing that? It's because I care about your mental health and it's because I care about you. It's yeah. not be and listen, I get it. I get it. People are gonna hate me for saying this. Maybe you even might hate me for saying it too. Mission is paramount. I get that. But guess what? 
mental health and the people's families, that's the most important thing. Because when we start caring only about mission, if people are losing families and all that stuff. And those wives at home, they don't care if their husband wrote two contracts. The kid doesn't care if the dad wrote two contracts. That's right. The kid, the kid just cares, like, yo, I haven't seen my dad in six days, bro. Yeah, daddy, come home. Like, bro, like I just like today, my son looked at me today and was like, I have the best dad in the world because I bought him a bounce house and I was jumping in the bounce <laughs> house with him. I was like, bro, that's all I had to do. But yeah. like, but my point of the matter is, is that like sometimes, just sometimes at five o'clock, at six o'clock, like you know how important you're a father. Like, you know how important, and this is what people forget, man. You know how important it is to somebody to be home with their family at dinner time? Like, I'll be real. Before I came back on the duty, I spent two and a half out, two and a half years at the dinner table every single night with my wife and kids, Monday through Saturday, Monday through Sunday. And that became, to my five-year-old son, that became a norm. Every at six thirty, he's going over to the to the freaking um to get the silverware. He's sitting the table, and now that doesn't happen no more. So my thing, and this is what I'm saying to everybody out there, is sometimes, just sometimes, if you look at a marine and they busted their ass all day and they don't got their two appointments for tomorrow, and you say, hey man, you know what? Go go surprise your wife. Go surprise your wife with with some flowers and, and and buy some dinner, buy something for the kids, and just show up unannounced, bro. Watch what happens tomorrow when that marine comes in the office on Tuesday or Wednesday or whatever. Immediately, because now what happens? Now we're not programming people. Now what happens is that marine sees. Wait a minute. If I bust my ass from eight a.m. until five p.m. and I meet and I exceed my objectives. And I do everything I can to get the appointment. Then you know what? I'm going to go home. And you know what? There are going to be, like you said, stats aren't done. There's going to be days when we got to work a little late. And that's fine. But but at that moment. When people tell me. When people tell me they work until midnight or 11 o'clock. I'm like, what the fuck, dude? Like, look, let's wrap up, right? I think this entire episode can be wrapped up with two things. Number one, what you just said is absolute. If if you ain't got it, you ain't got it. Go home, man. And if you're if somebody like look, if you're keeping Marines at past eight o'clock to do anything, anything besides maybe dropping off a couple extra pulleys at PT or something like anything outside of that, like it's got to stop, all right. Yeah. And the second thing, but hold on, I gotta second, hold on, hold on. I gotta go yeah. back to what you just said, and that's what okay. I'm gonna name the. I'm gonna name it the episode. <laughs> if you don't got it, you don't got it. That bro, <laughs> that um, bro, that's the, the that is the most common sense thing. Like, yo, if your Marine doesn't have an appointment by 6.30 at night, bro, then you, you number one, you as the station commander, you failed. Let's be accountable here. You failed to correct that Marine's day. You for you failed. Now, that Marine failed 100%, but you also failed because you're the subject matter expert in that office. You're the, the station commander. You did not correct that Marine's deficiency, and you did not aid him in finding those appointments. So both of you failed. Then at that moment, it comes a time where we say, hey, this is what we did. This is how we failed. How are we going to make sure we fix this so it doesn't happen again tomorrow? Right. Which brings and us then, to our second thing, which is ownership, right? Exactly. Which is, like if you ain't got it, you ain't got it. But tomorrow you got to come in and say, okay, what did I do wrong? 
What can I do better? What book can I pick up? What thing can I learn? What engaged statement can I write? Like, how do I take care of me? Exactly. And so that way, I so that way, I I have leverage in the game. I get some staff sergeant Gunny. Like, I need to go home. I wrote two. I got two on the board. You need an extra one? I can give you one. And I got one for next month. Whatever the case is. But it's time for you to leave, and now you have that ability to. Do and that. and and here's the thing, like you just said, right? If we have if we have these two things, right, and we say that, and we understand that, those things can only happen when we have constants. When we have constant in mid out briefs, yes. and these conversations are constantly happening, this is how the way of life will work. But 100%. if Marines are programmed to understand that the workday is Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m., then this conversation that we're having will never be a reality because they their mindset is they're programmed to understand that, hey, I'm going to come to work, and even if I have my appointment set for tomorrow, I'm going to still be here until 9 o'clock. Even if I have this, and then what happens is you come in the office and you have no left and right lateral limits. You have, you have no let, no later than, and then you just spend the whole day because, well, I, I have the whole day, but unless you hold the line and you create constants to prepare us for the variables, yep. then we're, we're not going to do that. Change I, your finish line. Mm. So your finish line is not, but it's not giving, a time. You keep giving I'm me just new, saying, new titles, man. Your finish line is not the time of day. Your finish line is the the objective, right? Your finish line is your daily goal. So it's like my goal was to get two appointments and to conduct the interview. That's my finish line. I fucking yeah. did it. I'm leaving. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like I got my guys. Like, change your finish line. It's not a time of day. It's a it's a it's a it's a goal. It's an objective that you meet. Whatever it is mm. that you said. Whatever it is that your boss told you to meet. Whatever it is that you said you had to get. Right. So. Anyway, like we could go on forever and yeah. we probably will, but the next episode, you know, we'll, we'll get back hey. into it, man. Yeah. So, hey, listen, everybody. Um, so this is the prelude. Um, change your finish line. All right. To the, the, we're going to be doing a series called On the Bag. Um, if you are listening to this, we've had a lot of people come in and out. Um, if you're listening to this on the podcast, on Spotify, um, or on iTunes, hey, please, 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 please reach out to myself or Statterton Dutton. On our Instagrams, um, Semper Sometimes LLC or Dutton Mindset, um, and reach out to us and let us know what topics you guys want us to talk about next. We already have a list that we've come up with on our own, um, but we're just going to be talking about um, the daily battle rhythm, talking about the mental health of the duty, talking about different ways and tactics, um, questions to explore, questions, um, ways to engage, um, just different types of things that we think or believe that are going to help you. Um, but most importantly, um, I've done 95 recruiting duty episodes. This is the 95th recruiting duty episode. Um, these are all based off of my thoughts. If you have an app, something that you're currently going through on the duty and you need guidance or help or anything, first of all, always go to your command. I'm not your command, um, but also reach out to us and say, hey, this is something that I'm going through. Um, can you do an episode towards this? Um, and then we can do that. Shout out to Gunnery Sergeant Kane um, because he's all right there. I've been I've been dude. talking to him for like the whole, his whole tour. Um, thank you so much, Gunny. I appreciate that. I appreciate, um, you know, always showing the love. And um, also shout out to I had two recent people. They made um, 
They made Facebook posts about how they got off the duty and then they shouted out the podcast and said, thank you for, you know, their driving time. So, hey, I appreciate y'all, too. Um, you know, hey, that's the, the whole purpose of this podcast is literally just to help mostly myself. I'll be real. Um, my own mental health. But also, I know that the duty is 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 insane. I know how hard it is. Um, and so does that Sergeant Dutton. So, you know, I'm, I'm back on my second tour and, you know, I'm coming back out here because I want to help as much as I can. Um, so, hey, thank you again, Stats Sergeant Dutton, for coming out. What Any last 100%. words you got for us? Hey, man, just keep your head up. Keep grinding. Like I said in the beginning, don't judge your week by your day. and Don't judge your month by your week. Mm. You're going to have ups and downs. It's okay. But keep yep. grinding, keep pushing, and, and work toward being more effective and efficient every single day. Love it. That's it. Amen. And change your finish line. Change your finish line. Let's go. All right.